Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dr. J's Shakespeare. I'm Dr. J. For today's episode, we turn to Hamlet, Prince of Denmark. Hamlet may be second only to the Bible in the amount of discussion it has generated over the centuries since it was first performed. One focus of the discussion and debate about the play Hamlet is the character Hamlet's delay in carrying out the wishes of the ghost of his father. Early in the play, at the end of Act One, Hamlet speaks with his father's ghost and learns that his father was murdered in his sleep by Hamlet's uncle, Claudius, who then not only becomes king, but marries Hamlet's mother, becoming not only Hamlet's uncle, but stepfather. Hamlet's father's ghost tells him of the murder with only one purpose in mind, to urge Hamlet to avenge his death by killing Claudius. Yet Hamlet doesn't do so until the final scene of the play, though much time and many opportunities pass. Why, critics ask, why does Hamlet delay? Hamlet asks himself this more than once. It's a good question, I think, but one that too often takes for granted something that shouldn't be taken for granted, that Hamlet should carry out the demand of his father's ghost and kill Claudius. I remember when I first read Hamlet as an undergraduate, I immediately went home from the first day's class and read the trilogy of plays by the Greek playwright Aeschylus called The Oresteia. In The Oresteia, a mother avenges her daughter by murdering her husband, who was responsible for their daughter's death. Their son then avenges his father by killing his mother. The Furies then turn on the son to avenge the death of his mother. When is this to stop? In one of the oldest works of Western literature, the message is that killing will only stop when we no longer seek to avenge murder. The son, Orestes, turns himself over to the law, and the Furies give up their right to vengeance. With this sequence in mind, I turned back to Hamlet and visited my professor's office. Should Hamlet avenge his father's murder, I asked? Would doing so, in Hamlet's words, put Denmark aright? Is violence the answer to violence? With this question in mind, let's turn to Act 5 of Hamlet. During Acts 2 and 3, Hamlet doesn't act against his uncle, but feigns madness in order to buy time. Claudius is suspicious of him, however, and sets about various stratagems to find out what Hamlet is up to. In one stratagem, he brings to court two of Hamlet's childhood friends named Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, ostensibly to cheer Hamlet up, but secretly to spy on Hamlet and report to Claudius anything they learn. Claudius tells Rosencrantz and Guildenstern that this is for Hamlet's own good, and they, being good-hearted but not too bright, agree. But neither by this way or by any other does Claudius get any clear knowledge of what Hamlet knows or what he plans, 
So in Act 4, Claudius decides to act himself. He arranges for his nephew-slash-son to voyage to England on a diplomatic errand to England's king. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern accompany him, carrying a letter to the king that Hamlet isn't to know about. During the voyage, their ship is attacked by pirates, and Hamlet is carried off. He wins the pirates over to his side and has them carry him back secretly to Denmark. He sends a note to his friend Horatio to arrange a meeting with him. The note ends with the words, quote, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern hold their course for England. Of them I have much to tell thee, end quote. This is near the end of Act 4. We join Hamlet and Horatio in Act 5. Hamlet is telling Horatio what has happened since they were last together. I'll take up Hamlet's tale in the middle. Hamlet first tells Horatio of finding the letter Rosencrantz and Guildenstern carry and of its contents, a request from Claudius to the King of England to put Hamlet to death. Hamlet continues, telling Horatio of the letter he puts in its place, instructing the king to put Rosencrantz and Guildenstern to death. Let's listen as Hamlet tells Horatio of this chilling deed. From Hamlet, Prince of Denmark, Act 5, Scene 2. Hamlet. Up from my cabin, my sea gown scarfed about me, in the dark groped I to find them, had my desire, fingered their packet, and in fine withdrew to mine own room again, making so bold, my fears forgetting manners, to unfold their grand commission where I found, Horatio, a royal knavery, an exact command larded with many several sorts of reasons importing Denmark's health and England's too, that on the supervise, no leisure baited, no not to stay the grinding of the axe, my head should be struck off. Horatio, is it possible? Hamlet, here's the commission, Read it at more leisure. But wilt thou hear now how I did proceed? Horatio, I beseech you. Hamlet, being thus benetted round with villains, I sat me down, devised a new commission, wrote it fair. Wilt thou know the effect of what I wrote? Horatio, I, good my lord. Hamlet, an earnest conjuration from the king, as England was his faithful tributary, as love between them like the palm might flourish, as peace should still her wheaten garland wear, and many such like asses of great charge, that on the view and knowing of these contents, without debatement further, more or less, he should those bearers put to sudden death, no shriving time allowed. Horatio, how is this sealed? Hamlet, I had my father's signet in my purse, which was the model of that Danish seal. I folded the writ up in the form of the other, gave it the impression, placed it safely, the changeling never known. 
Now the next day was our sea fight, and what to this was sequent thou knowest already. Horatio. So Guildenstern and Rosencrantz go to it. Hamlet. Why, man, they did make love to this employment. They are not near my conscience. Their defeat does by their own insinuation grow. Tis dangerous when the baser nature comes between the pass and fell and censored points of mighty opposites. Horatio. Why, what a king is this? I'll stop here. Why, what a king is this? Horatio exclaims when Hamlet not only tells him that he has sent Rosencrantz and Guildenstern to their deaths, but has justified doing so. It's a significant exclamation, but not entirely clear. Why, what a king is this? What king is Horatio referring to? Claudius is the king, and his villainy is clear. But Hamlet hasn't been speaking of the king, but of himself and of his own deeds. Hamlet isn't king, though he should be. Is Horatio here imagining Hamlet as king, which Hamlet hopes soon to be once he kills his uncle? And if so, is Horatio expressing his dismay at what his friend has become? I think the line has to be read this way, though you might not agree. There have always been plenty of romantic, self-pitying young men in the world who identify with Hamlet, but I've always identified with Horatio, a thoughtful, sympathetic friend to Hamlet who can only watch what's happening. And so I read Horatio here expressing what I feel, dismay. Hamlet sending Rosencrantz and Guildenstern to their death is cold-blooded. He specifies that they are to be put to death so quickly as to have no shriving time, that is, to have no time to prepare themselves to meet God, which requires no more time than the time it takes to cross oneself. They are unaware that they are in peril, and suddenly they are being forced to their knees to have their heads cut off. Anticipating Horatio's protest, Hamlet justifies himself before Horatio can speak. Why, man, he says, they did make love to this employment. They are not near my conscience. But we know this isn't true. Rosencrantz and Guildenstern didn't know the contents of the letter they carried. They didn't know Claudius felt anything but love toward Hamlet. They themselves never exhibited any feeling of anything but love toward Hamlet. Yes, they were tools of Claudius, but unknowing tools. Does this make them deserving of the deaths Hamlet inflicts upon them? By the end of Hamlet, Everyone but Horatio is dead, not just Hamlet and Claudius, but Hamlet's mother and the innocent Ophelia and her foolish father Polonius and her noble brother Laertes and, yes, the guileless courtiers Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. The beginning of all this death is the murder of Hamlet's father by Claudius. But the tragedy is the failure of Hamlet to stop the killing, not his failure to kill sooner. 
In the 2,500 years since Aeschylus wrote his Oresteia, Western culture has moved from a society of revenge-killing to a society of law, but not entirely, not in men's hearts, and not entirely in men's actions. Four hundred years after Hamlet was first written and performed, Hamlet still has something to say to us that shouldn't be that much of a puzzle. Heck, even so does the Oresteia, 2,500 years after it was first performed. Until next time, I'm Dr. J.